Why are you cast down, O my soul, and why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise Him, my salvation and my God. The motions of the soul experienced by the sons of Korah in Psalm 42 are like a wild and watery log ride at a Six Flags theme park. Are you ready to jump in and ride with them? The emotional ups and downs, even a few splashes of water on our face, will help us find hope for our downcast soul by longing for God and leaning on His everlasting arms. Is your soul cast down today? Do what the sons of Korah did. Recall His faithfulness and put your hope in God. I'm Ron Jones, and this is Something Good. Dr. Ron Jones calls it the Hebrew Songbook, and he takes you there next on this Friday edition of Something Good. Hi, I'm Brian Davis. Thanks for stopping by. Are you sad and depressed today? Is your soul cast down? If you're in need of comfort and encouragement, the Book of Psalms, the Hebrew Songbook, is one of the best places to go. Today, Ron takes you to Psalms 42 and 43 to help you rediscover the joy God wants to give you. Stay with us now as Ron moves ahead in his teaching series, Inside Out, Living and Loving from a Healthy Soul. Or stop by somethinggoodradio.org to listen on demand on your schedule. That's somethinggoodradio.org. Subscribe to the podcast at Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. From Atlantic Shores Baptist Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia, where he serves as lead pastor, here's Ron with today's Something Good Radio message, Hope for the Downcast Soul. The word soul appears uh, in the book of Psalms more than any other book of the Bible. I'm talking about the Hebrew word nefesh which most of the time is translated soul, but can be translated other things, depending upon the English translation of your Bible. In the book of Psalms, uh, that word is translated soul anywhere from 29 to 132 times in, in 150 chapters. So the book of Psalms is a soul book. And because every emotion known to humanity also appears in the book of Psalms, I say prepare yourself for a wild ride through the motions of the soul. Do you remember that last week? Leonardo da Vinci painted the Last Supper and he captured that emotionally explosive moment in the upper room when Jesus said, one of you will betray me. He called them motions of the soul, those emotions. And we go into the book of Psalms and it takes us on a wild ride through the motions of the soul when we read any one of the 150 uh, psalms recorded in, in God's holy word. The book of Psalms gives expression to what we've been calling inside-out living. Inside-out living. There's no book in the Bible that gives expression to that more than the book of Psalms. This ancient collection of Hebrew song lyrics also gives us permission to express our emotions by telling God exactly how we feel without losing reverence for Him. 
Have you ever wanted to tell God exactly how you feel, but you're just not sure whether you can? Oh, read the book of Psalms. It shows us how to do that. It gives us permission to do that. It even gives us some language to use without losing reverence for the Almighty. For example, are you looking for a righteous way to express your anger? Well, read the many imprecatory psalms, they're called. <laughs> I'm talking about Psalm 35, 37, 52, 54, and others. Uh, do you struggle with anxiety or fear? Read Psalm 23, 27, 34, 61, 91, and there are others. Are you sad, depressed? Do you need comfort today? Read Psalm 10, 13, 51, 142, and there are others. You starting to get the idea? of how powerful and how practical the book of Psalms is, especially when we're trying to live and love from a healthy soul, inside out living. Here's another one. Is your inner being crying out, why is my soul cast down? Then read Psalm 42 and 43, which is the focus of our study this morning. And like a musical refrain, remember these are Hebrew songs, lyrics to Hebrew songs in the Old Testament. Like a musical refrain, honest feelings from the psalmist's soul rises up three times. Three times in Psalm 42 and 43, which by the way, many Bible scholars believe were actually one psalm when they were originally written. Uh, when people came in and put you know, verses and chapters in there to help us you know, navigate our way through the scripture. For some reason, they separated this too. But there is a refrain that we read, and it repeats itself in verse 5 of chapter 42, verse 11 of chapter 42, and verse 5 of chapter 43, giving us an easy way to kind of outline and work our way through Psalm 42 and 43. Imagine yourself descending into the basement of your inner being when reading these uh, song lyrics that appear repeatedly in this uh, Hebrew songbook, and you come to chapter 42 and verse 5, why are you cast down, O my soul? Good question. And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. Now, the phrase cast down reminds us of the same imagery that we find in another very familiar psalm. I'm talking about Psalm 23, where the good shepherd cares for his cast down sheep. You might remember from our study of Psalm 23 that uh, sheep easily wander away. Shepherds learn to keep a, a keen eye on their flocks because they, they wander away. And a wandering sheep will actually lie down in a distant meadow, roll over on its back, and not be able to get up. And there he is on his back with the you know, feet pointing up into the sky. That's called a, a cast sheep. And a cast sheep becomes easy prey for predators, which yeah, then time is of the essence for the shepherd to find his sheep and to restore the animal to an upright position and return it safely to the flock. Well, when we read in Psalm 23, he restores my soul. It's the picture of that cast sheep that is in a precarious position. And then we come to Psalm 42 and 43 and hear the psalmist bleating like a sheep on its back with its legs pointed in the sky saying, why is my soul cast down? In other words, why is my heart so sad? And the good shepherd of his soul comes to his rescue. 
Now, uh, Psalm 42 and 43 are also uh, part of a category in the book of Psalms called Psalms of Lament. If you may remember when we were on our uh, ultimate road trip through the Bible, studying one book of the Bible a week, we came to the book of Psalms and to tackle 150 chapters, I talked about Psalms in terms of various categories of Psalms. There are Psalms of praise, there are Psalms of thanksgiving, there are those imprecatory Psalms, they're called, that uh, teach us how to express righteous anger. Um, and then there are Psalms of lament. Uh, we even have a book in the Bible called Lamentations. All of that uh, reminding us that it's good to give expression to the sadness and sorrow and despondency that may have come upon us at times. A lament is a desperate cry or petition for help that rises from the depths of one's soul. Lament psalms give voice to the brokenness, the loneliness, and the grief within us. Maybe you're here this morning, maybe you're here at the start of the Christmas season, and, and, and your, your, your soul is disquieted, your, your soul is sad. Uh, you have something in common with a cast down sheep. You've lost hope. And you know what a cast down sheep needs? A lift up. Simple as that. A sheep that is on its back, flailing with its legs in the air, needs the shepherd of his soul or somebody to come along and just give him a lift up. Maybe you need a lift up today. A sense of despondency can easily eclipse our ability to live and love from a healthy soul. We've been talking about inside-out living. We've been talking about what it means to live and love from a healthy soul. But a sense of despondency, a sense of sadness, even mild depression or more, can uh, steal our ability to live and love from a healthy soul. However, the lamentation of our soul, even mild forms of depression, doesn't mean that we possess an unhealthy soul. In fact, inner turmoil, the motions of the soul is part of our humanity. It's how God made us. As complex as it is, mind, body, heart, soul, and even uh, more complex as we dig deeper into our humanity as well. And uh, that inner turmoil can be something that makes us more prayerful and more dependent upon the Lord. Now, the Bible attributes Psalm 42 and 43 to the sons of Korah. A little historical background here helps. Many of the Psalms, in fact, the majority of them were written by King David, but there were other contributors to the book of Psalms under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And uh, uh, you'll see some notations in your Bible about the sons of Korah. Go back to Numbers chapter 16, and we learn that Korah, their father, led a rebellion against Moses and Aaron. God's chosen leaders of the Hebrew people. And that rebellion did not go well for Korah and those that joined in on the rebellion. Number 16 and verse 32 tells us that they died gruesomely when, listen to this, the earth opened its mouth and swallowed them up. Fortunately, the sons of Korah did not join in the rebellion. They knew better than that. And they actually became worship leaders in the temple and later contributors to the book of Psalms and uh, Psalm 42 and 43 are attributed to the sons of Korah. These are worship leaders, people who lead the congregation in worship, but their heart is in a place of despondency. Why are you cast down, oh my soul? Have it, has it ever crossed your mind that sometimes those of us who are on the platform may not be doing so well? And this is what we have 
with the sons of Korah. Don't go away. We'll be right back with more of Dr. Ron Jones' message, Hope for the Downcast Soul. If you're new to the Something Good radio program, we want to make sure you know we archive all of Ron's messages at somethinggoodradio.org. That's somethinggoodradio.org. While you're there, use the Partners tab at the top of the homepage and check out the 828 Club, a special group of people who partner with Ron to share the gospel of Jesus Christ through the media ministry of Something Good. Join the 828 Club right from our website or call us at 757-276-1099. That's 757-276-1099. The first thing you should do when things are going badly is to remember those times when things were going well. With the rest of today's Something Good radio message, hope for the downcast soul. Here once again is Dr. Ron Jones. The motions of the soul experienced by the sons of Korah in Psalm 42 and 43 are sort of like a wild and watery log ride at Six Flags over Texas. You ever been on one of those rides? You know, if if you're motion sick, you know, you got to get ready for it. And, you know, you might even get some splashes of water in the face, the ups and downs and so forth. But all of it helps us find hope for our cast down souls. Psalm 42 and 43 do, even as the sons of Korah did. And uh, we want to work our way uh, through these psalms and uh, join them in this uh, watery log ride, as it were. Uh, again, it's easy to outline. There are three repeated refrains, and, and it uh, provides for us kind of three, um, three motions of the soul, let's just call it. Now I'm going to give a heading to each one of these to help us kind of summarize and think through each section. The first heading is this. When your soul is cast down, Long for God and remember the good times. Here's how um, the sons of Korah begin. As a deer pants for flowing streams, so my soul pants for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my food day and night while they say to me all the day long, where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I would go with the throng and lead them in procession to the house of God with glad shouts and songs of praise, a multitude-keeping festival. Isn't that what worship leaders do? You know, they lead the congregation in songs of praise. And then comes verse 5. Why? Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. Now, the psalmist begins by expressing the deep longings of his thirsty soul. And he he sees something in nature, a thirsty deer panting for a drink of water, that makes him realize that his, his soul's thirst can only be relieved Um, by his relationship with the living God who supplies water for his his parched soul, his parched inner being. Charles Haddon Spurgeon was reflecting upon Psalm 42 and 43, this great Baptist preacher, and he said of the psalmist, his soul, his very self, his deepest life was insatiable for a sense of the divine presence. 
Have you ever thirsted for God that way to where your soul is thirsty? Spurgeon goes on to say, when it is as natural for us to long for God as for an animal to thirst, then it is well with our souls, however painful our feelings. Now, a thirsty soul reminds us that we are made for something more. When you, you sense that drought in your soul, take it as a, as a kind of a warning sign. Maybe a flashing red light, maybe a yellow light that says you're, you're made for something more. Most people spend their entire lives drinking from water wells that will never satisfy the deep longings of their inner being. I'm thinking of the empty promises made by money and power and fame and drugs and illicit sex. And it reminds me of Jeremiah 2 and verse 13 where God said of his people, they have forsaken me, the spring of living water, and have dug their own cisterns Broken cisterns that can hold no water. God said that through the prophet Jeremiah about his own people. You would expect that of the world. The world doesn't come looking to, you know, the living water that only God can supply. But when God's people begin drinking from other cisterns, other so-called watering wells, he says, they've forsaken me. And they will find that those watering wells do not satisfy there's a drought in your soul. And your soul is crying out, why? Why is my soul cast out? Consider how ecological drought affects us in so many ways. Why? Because water is essential for life. And likewise, only God can supply us with the water of life uh, to satisfy our thirsty souls. If you look uh, again at these first five verses, you find also that the psalmist has been feeding upon his misery, which is never a good thing to do. He says his tears, his tears have become his food supply. Could that be said of you this Christmas? Your, your tears and your sadness have become your food supply. It doesn't help when his acquaintances are taunting him saying, where is your God? <laughs> We're going to hear these uh, uh, adversaries uh, multiple times throughout uh, these two psalms taunting the psalmist, where is your God? They kind of sound to me like Job's friends. You know, when hard times fell on Job, when sadness came over his soul. Now you read the book of, of, of Job and you're like, yeah, nobody needs friends like that. Okay? I mean, Job was described as a man who feared God and turned away from evil. But you would think he was the, uh, the greatest pagan there was and a man of no faith if you listened to his friends. But many, many times we find ourselves living in what I call the seam, uh, the seam between our need and God's supply. And the seam is always the place that requires the patience of faith and waiting on God. It's also the place that uh, skeptics love to step into and uh, question the availability of our God. Where is your God? Uh, the uh, adversaries say over and over again. The obvious question is right where he's always been. Right where he's always been. When your soul is disquieted and your soul is crying out, why am I so cast down? A sanctified memory is your best friend. Long for God and remember the good times. You've had some good times with him, haven't you? 
Those of you who've been walking with him for a long time, have you forgotten the times that were good? Have you forgotten those times when, uh, like the psalmist who remembers how he would go with the throng and lead them in procession to the house of God with glad shouts and songs of praise? These worship leaders remembered the times when they got up and said, I can't wait to go to church and I'm so excited to be here. Okay, maybe you're not feeling like that today. But wasn't there a time when you did? Remember those times. Can you easily reflect on the good times when you were close to God and he seemed near to you? The problem is too many people have an unsanctified memory that only recalls the bad times. Uh, like the person who says, oh yeah, that was, the, that was the Christmas where your father lost his job and we couldn't buy Christmas presents for anybody in the family. Or that was the year, I remember that one, I have it marked down in my calendar, when the house burned down. Or that was the year your mother got sick and died. I'm not making light of any of the hard times, but if you mark your calendar and mark your life with an unsanctified memory that only thinks about the hard times, one day you'll wake up and say, why is my soul so cast down? Because you only think about the hard times, the difficult times, and you do not recall the times, the good times when God was there, even in the difficult times. When your soul is in turmoil, if you're downcast, depressed, or anxious, your prescription for peace is to begin praising and thanking God. What we find the psalmist doing in Psalm 42 is exactly what Paul tells us to do in Philippians chapter 4. Be anxious for nothing, he says, but in all things by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And the peace of God which surpasses all human understanding, will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. Be sure to stop by somethinggoodradio.org to listen to any of Ron's messages on demand. Use the radio tab at the top of the homepage. That's somethinggoodradio.org. While you're there, take a look at a discipleship coaching experience developed by Dr. Ron Jones that's called Starting Point, A Disciple's First Steps. Look for Something Good Courses at the top of the homepage. Hello, friend. I'm Ron Jones of Something Good Radio. If you've been with us for a while, if you're a regular listener and God is using this broadcast in your life, I want to speak directly to you. When you first tuned in or streamed Something Good, did you know that other people paid to air that program? We call them our ministry partners. They have people just like you in mind when they donate monthly to Something Good which is a 100% listener-supported ministry. Now that you're a regular listener, will you do the same? Will you help us share something good with someone else? We created the 828 Club for people who choose to partner with this ministry through prayer and monthly financial support. It's based on Romans 828, which in the message says, every detail in our lives of love for God is worked into something good. I'm asking you to prayerfully consider joining the 828 Club today by giving $28 or more per month to share something good with someone else. And when you do, we'll send you some resources to help you grow in your relationship with God. It's our way of saying thanks for your partnership in this gospel ministry. So please join the 828 Club today. Here's Brian with all the details. When you partner with us here at Something Good, we'll send you a free copy of Ron Jones' full-length book, Mysteries of the Afterlife, exploring its amazing secrets. 
Join the 828 Club today using the Partners tab at the top of the homepage. You'll find that at somethinggoodradio.org. Again, somethinggoodradio.org. Or call us, 757-276-1099. And if you can't become a partner but would like to make a donation to the ministry, Ron will be glad to send you his book, The Jesus Way to Pray, An Intimate Journey Through the Lord's Prayer. Order your copy for a donation of $25 or more. Share it with a friend by requesting a two-pack for $50, a four-pack for $75, or an eight-pack for $150 or more. That's The Jesus Way to Pray. These are the motions of the soul, right? And as we said earlier in the series, our emotions are poor leaders, but they're good followers. So what the psalmist is doing is he's going down into the basement of his inner being and he's telling his emotions how to feel. He's telling his emotions what to do. No, you don't take the lead. That's next time when Ron shares part two of his message, Hope for the Downcast Soul. Join us then for Something Good. For Ron and the entire team here at Something Good Radio, I'm Brian Davis saying God bless and thanks for listening.